You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Interweb Warriors. I'm glad you are here. I'm Les Bubka, and you're listening to Accidental Podcast or something like that. I was looking forward to this conversation. Um, my guest is Lee Taylor from Retailer Karate. We spoke with Lee a few times online about mental health and other aspects of karate. We never met, unfortunately, but hopefully that's going to change in the future. I really like Lee's work on kata application on a pad work, so we uh, talked quite a bit about this. Uh, methodology of teaching, uh, obviously mental health, and uh, things we've got common. So, hate of cameras, hate of our voice, and how we try to challenge that with podcasts, YouTubes, and other means of communication. I hope you're going to enjoy it, and let's crack on with it. How are you? <laughs> Starting with this one. Yes, fine, thank you. I'm okay. It's good to meet you, Les. Finally. Good. good to meet you as well. Um, so, I heard a lot about you, as we said before, uh, we're meeting face to face for the first time. Um, could you kind of update us on uh, on your background in martial arts? I know you're doing karate and you're doing Kali as well, if I'm yes. mistaken. Well, I hope, hopefully what you've heard is all good. Otherwise, I'll just deny it. I'll just deny it. <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. <laughs> now, we haven't, we haven't crossed paths officially, have we? Which nah. is, uh, well, hopefully we can rectify that yes um i started uh, karate when i went into secondary school so what that's age 11 12 and my uncle was running the uh, the local class and the style was wadaroo mm-hmm. um <clears throat> did that for most of the secondary school until my club closed uh went to college at the university didn't really train that much just Dab, dabbled here and there with a couple of karate styles and then um, got back into training in 1999 in the uh, Shukakai uh, Shitoryu style mm-hmm. of karate and it all stemmed from there really it just snowballed from there on in and about 2005 I opened my first club in my hometown, 
I wasn't intending on doing it as a career. It was just a natural progression. Some of my peers and some of my friends did the same. So it was just a, like, oh, I think I'll, I'll do that. I was quite nice to reopen a club that my uncles used to do years previously. Mm. So I thought I'd be nice just to open a club again in my hometown and carry on the tradition, as it were. There'd been a few extra clubs through the years after I moved on and went to college and university and was chasing a career and things like that. There, a couple of different martial art clubs had been in and out of the town, but I don't think anything had stuck. So timing-wise, it was quite good to reopen another one in 2005, and it's, we're still going today. And then, like I said, it wasn't something I planned to do. You don't really plan to have a career in teaching full-time. Mm -hmm. It's just something evolves from your training, and you think, well, perhaps it's time for me to help teach, help coach, and pass it on. And then in 2007, I decided to jack my job in, hand my notice in, <laughs> and have one month to replace my wage and opened a couple more clubs and went full-time in 2007 and here we are 2021 yeah. <laughs> dealing with something else so you, you you're not looking back for the you're not regretting the starting and how because i done kind of similar thing but maybe with more with the personal i know you personal trainers were yeah so i decided to quit my job i'd done one big mistake i give a year notice and the last half year, it was just suffering for, I think, for all of us. <laughs> yes. It was just too, too long. I, um, but anyway, yeah. um, how long it took you to kind of digest that there's a possibility to transfer the hobby into the full-time job? Um, like I said, I opened my hometown club in 2005. I was still um, working full-time. I was on the shift, shift rotor. So it was, it, it fitted in with that. And I was obviously still a student as well, still training. I was part of the association I was with. We were competing, doing trips, and I was helping out as a coach on the squad and stuff like that. So it was sort of growing organically that way. Mm -hmm. um, I still didn't really think this is what I want to do. It was, it, it grew well, 2005 to 2007. So there's a two-year period, mm -hmm. and it was pretty quick. Um, I got turned down for a promotion at this job I was doing, and I was like, well, <laughs> fair enough. And that was something pushing me to go, now's your, now's your chance. Yeah. <laughs> go do it now. But I didn't listen. I thought, well, I'll just find a job that um, appreciate me more than they did. And I basically jumped ship to another company similar processes and got the job that I got turned down for mm -hmm. but I only lasted there three months because within that period I was like this is not me so I should have listened the first time around <laughs> when I got turned down for the job I kept pushing it off and making sure the club could still run amongst the shift pattern rather than going do you know what just leave that and then just do this instead mm -hmm. So I jumped, but I still jumped the wrong way and tried to make it fit, and it didn't. So within the three-month period, we actually did another couple of courses and, and trips with my association I was with at the time, and my son was involved as well, and it was on that really that said, I, wanted, I really want to do this. So um, I think I rang my wife up from this trip hmm. and said, I don't want to go back to work. 
they said, I want to do this. This is, this is it. I want to teach. And uh, she said, fine. She's very understanding. <laughs> very yeah. understanding. It's not, I, it's not the ideal way. Because I, like I said, I gave my notice in and I had one month to replace the way my last wage. So I wouldn't say it's for everyone, but it, it obviously made it work for me to go out and, you know, make a go of it. I opened two more clubs. So I went from one club to three clubs mm-hmm. and focused on, on focused on them and, and just, and just grew from there. So I, I'm guessing that you're teaching children because I'm not teaching children and <laughs> I try to do all the promotions and stuff like that. And whoever. Yes. Yeah. He's just like, nah, you don't have children. You're not going to make money on karate. No, that's, that is, that is what I found. 80% of my base is probably students, uh, kids and teenagers. Cause yeah, if you want to teach full time, that is the market you need to be in really to, uh, to, to make it. But I, I, I swear myself, I'm going to prove it wrong. Everybody wrong. I'm going to make, make it work with the adults. I don't know how and when, but I will. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It grows from there, but yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did yeah, that way around. Yeah. I would have had to have some other I'm, means. I'm, I'm, I'm in a comfortable situation that my wife's got a good job and I'm taking care of children so I can perfect after that. That's it. That. When they're gonna go to school, I'm gonna try to get into schools or maybe more into uh, oh, good. elderly, elderly, because that's what kind of find my niche. I'm kind of happy about that. But yeah, I would like to do that. Why, um, why are you still in karate? What karate got that that you haven't moved on? I know you're doing other stuff. Yeah, like myself, we cross train a lot. But why, why karate at heart? Um, I just think it's because it's it just happens to be me. It, it is me now. It's not something I need to um, try and explain why. It, it's it is me. <laughs> if that makes sense, it's just what I it's what I do. Um, whether it's because I just happened to learn karate from my uncles because there was no other choice, there was no other options. There wasn't much option to change when. Um, I went to college and university, um, so it just got hold of me from at that age, really, from when my uncle started teaching me. And even when I came back later in '99, it was I, I thought I need to, I want to go back into some training. My second son had, had just been born, and I'd moved to a job where it was nine to five. And I thought, well, I can actually start training again mm. in the evening. I think my wife just wanted me out of the house, really. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so again locally it was a karate club mm. so i think it would have been harder if it was a different type of martial art because i thought oh there's a karate club that link to my childhood mm-hmm. made it easy for me to go in and go well i'm going to go back to karate but other than that it, i don't know it <laughs> we've been doing it long as me and Movement is just movement. It, it doesn't really matter what label is on it. Mm. It just all depends on who is teaching it and how how they're teaching it. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think it still has a lot to offer. Mm. It's it's great for it's great for kids. Uh, the discipline, the structure, um, the progression. I think it's still got a lot to offer. I know it's not a great word banded around the martial art community at the moment, <laughs> the word karate, yeah. but um, I think that's down to a, 
a lack of understanding, really. Mm, I, I think it's kind of um, changing now. I think the uh, British Combat Association or British Karate Combat Association does, and the members of it. I think the, the image starts changing, maybe thanks to uh, so much social media. Definitely. Um, so there's more, more people going practical. Yeah, there's stuff. definitely a huge amount out there now. Yeah, the, the BCKA doing a, provide a great platform to people to express that side of it. And there's a lot of others seeing that, oh, yeah, we can go down this road with it, with karate. And obviously with the, the work of all sorts of um, practical people like, like uh, Ian Abernethy and, you know, and um, Vince Morris and... Um, uh, there's a few others that just slipped my mind. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, always, yeah. it always happens, isn't it? You just uh, yeah. before interview, you know everything, and then ah, just, ah can't remember. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. It's still still a still a battle to be had, though, to change yeah. people's minds. But um, you know, I think it's going in the right direction. Everything comes in cycles anyway, so it's going to come back around. Yeah, yeah, it's like fashion, isn't it? Also, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I. Personally, don't understand weapons. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not something that interests me at all. I have uh, no interest in it. But um, you do in Kali, where there's a lot of stick fighting. Yeah. Um, why not Kobudo? So start. Let's start with that question. Why not Karate Kobudo? And, yeah. And because why well, it's so much interesting in Kali? Yeah. Well, because um, Kobudo wasn't part of our Karate Association. I didn't really knew it existed either. Coming up as a as a youth and then coming back into karate, it came into an into an association that was uh, competitive based. Mm -hmm. So sport karate, kumite, and, and kata, um, and in there was no um, link to kabuto then. So it's basically because it didn't come down my lineage. Mm -hmm. uh, I only came into it, uh, like you say, via the Kali route because uh, I was obviously um, looking for something. I was looking for something else to add to what I was what I was doing, and and obviously, yeah, as you say, weapons are in Kali, but and I've just enjoyed that part of it with the um, the coordination. It's the interesting fact is that they they start off with a weapon in the hand with a beginner, and obviously, and further on down the line, you get to empty hand. So it's like first number one single stick mm -hmm. number two double stick and it goes down a list empty hand doesn't come down till later mm -hmm. so straight away you're handed the weapon to work with and i think that's a great way back the other way around from my lineage or karate lineage you don't pick a weapon up until much later mm. i i my honest i'm not specialized on kali or filipino martial arts but uh they tra translate um, straight the weapons to knife to the empty hand is the same movement yeah. working every yeah. time, isn't it? Yeah, they have. So, like, if you lose your weapon, then they have the same um, ideas from weapon to empty hand. Yeah, the the motions and and the principles are, are the same. So, all of that coordination you've learned right from the word go with a weapon in your hand will translate for when you've lost your weapon. So do you, do you think that the the Kali is a good um, how to say it? like you with the names? I just lost the the word which I wanted to use. Of course, um, yeah. is that the complementary? I got it now. Complementary stuff to karate. 
Does it work together Definitely. Or, you, or you have to kind of uh, adjust things? Um, it, it's, it's like the, um, uh, the founder of the group I'm with, uh, the Minnesota Carly group, which is founded by Rick Fay. He always said that it, it, it enhances your, your art. It doesn't replace your art. Mm-hmm. And the lineage from my karate, which was obviously um, the sport side, the competitive side with Kumite and Kata, I was looking for something else because I obviously thought that there was more to Kata than step, punch, block, counter. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I need to study that a little bit more. And that's when I came across uh, Ian Abernathy, obviously, and got involved uh, with the way he um uh, teaches kata and his his theory behind it i was also then looking um for the self-protection side of karate so as i was teaching i was like i need to be able to have this understanding of the confrontation because i can count confrontation examples on one hand i've had in 20 odd years so that's mm. <laughs> a long time so my self-defense skills are either very good or <laughs> i just don't hang around places that require me to use them uh, so I was looking at, and I went to Jeff Thompson for that. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously linked and not, obviously he was the founder of BCKA. On that course is where I met Al Peasland and Mick Tully who were involved in the Carly. So I was looking at how they moved through the range. So I was going to say, a lot of karate guys now are very, very pragmatic, very holistic, and they cover most of the bases. At the time, that wasn't covered. So I had to go looking looking for it about this range this two meter range this long oizuki range i was thinking there's a disparity there so when i came across carly and watched these guys move they the way they moved in and out of range so fluidly i thought ah i need to be looking at that Mm -hmm. so that's why i thought the carly side of it with the weapon and the way they move in and out of range would then help sit in with what i was looking for from my karate to develop so when you when you join in the kind of more self-protection stuff, um, was it a, a lot of effort to um, kind of um, input all that information into your karate? The reason why I'm asking because I generally don't teach self-protection, but I, I suppose I'm realizing now that just for uh, my members, it would be nice to have all that awareness aspect. Yeah. Like that. So I start now digging more into that. It's still not not, a uh, a massive part of what we do because um, once you understand it and it's not a huge thing to learn really, it's it's part of a toolbox. So for something that might never happen and may not last that long in terms of the confrontation, um, there has to be more to your martial art training than just that part that needs to address it. So yes, obviously you need to look at it and, and study it and see how it how it fits with, with what you're doing, but it doesn't have to be the you know the be all and end all of your training. Sure. It's like I said, it's part of a toolbox that you may need to call on. I, I was um, reading through your your website and then um, you've got there written that um, you are um, kind of using karate as a wellness uh, tool as well to to improve people's wellness. Yeah, um, and I think we had a conversation as well about the mental health and an aspect like that. So there's no avoiding that question. I'm asking everybody this question: What yeah. have arts done for your mental health, or do? It um, it helps to 
regain some focus when everything gets blurry, as it inevitably does, depending on um, life experiences or life events or what we're going through now as a country over the last mm. 12 months now. Um, things will go blurry. Things will go out of sync, um, out of tilt, and your focus goes, uh, your um, mental well-being drifts. Sometimes it drifts without you realizing it until you're so far gone. You need a little bit of help to come back, and I think it's the training that does that. Mm-hmm. Helps helps with the routine, helps to settle the mind, obviously helps with the breathing, uh, and then helps you to refocus on what it is you were trying to do amongst all the other noise that can be going on in your life. Yeah, definitely. I do agree with that. Um, it's funny because now you say that you, you don't, you're not noticing the, the stuff creeping on you. And just, I had a yesterday that realization that it crept on me and jumped on me yesterday. So yesterday was a really, really bad day for me. Mentally. Well, to, to be fair, this month has, has been totally different for me normally. Um, January is never a great time of the year anyway, but I think it's because previously I'm too busy trying to get the clubs back up and running after a Christmas break and get people focused. And because it weren't allowed, I think the whole month of January crept on me mentally this time more than ever. So I was like, this is a little bit strange this year. (laughs) Whatever you call it, the January blues or the third Monday in January, that's apparently the worst one of the month. But yeah, Definitely noticed this this year, this month. I I, I think as as you know because I, I I'm presuming that your you what you're teaching is mostly hands on. Uh, I think mm. this this year it was terrible for us, uh, not being able to train and punch each other, throw each other, <laughs> choke each other. Yes. Yeah, miss punching people. <laughs> <laughs> That's very strange habit, isn't it? It is. Whilst whilst smiling. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. Speaking of punching and and hitting, um, you kind of specializing. At least that's my impression from the online stuff about you and what friends saying. It's is pad working. You've kind of have a really great um, translation of kata into the pad work. Can you tell us something more about it? How how your mind works with it? How you decipher it? Uh, yeah. So obviously. Um, I learned how to look at kata in a different way via Ian's method. Um, I'm not somebody that goes, all right, I've been on a seminar with Ian, so that's it. That's the, the answers are all there. I was like, no, I need to know a little bit more about this. Mm-hmm. So over like a two-year period, I kept going to as many as I could, and then I was uh, invited by Ian to do his introductory uh, instructor award. So that mm-hmm. over an 18-month period, I had a chance to, look at it and then the following 18 month period again lots more studying of his method and how to look at my kata with that method and then became an instructor under his method and then it was just a matter of the looking at the hands or the penans really of having another way of training them without um realizing your training the same principles mm-hmm. so we, we have the kata obviously the solo practice we have the partner work again which is done in the same order as the kata we try and then f- uh, free up a little bit to break the order of the kata as it were so your brain's not thinking oh, i must do it rote and um, so the best 
logical step at the time for me was to think, well, how about hitting pads and not just the normal way of hitting focus mitts when someone's just standing there mm-hmm. and you just throw a few techniques. I thought it needs to be a, a two-way process so you can get some feeling back from the pad holder because mm-hmm. a lot of pad holding, the guys just standing there not yeah. too much. And then the bad ones is when they're moving the pad and he's doing more than working oh, yeah, the that punch. Is, that, that's very, very common recently <laughs> that the pad holder does more job than... Uh, yeah, he does more work. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, the pad holder's job is more important than yeah. the guy hitting him, but not when you're actually doing more work than the guy. So I thought, well, I want something that will take a few moves out of the kata, not the order of the kata, and then get some feeling back from the person holding him. So we, we, we very much, you know, a lot of drills, you very much dominate that person, mm-hmm. which is good. But then sometimes you need to realize, oh, this is going wrong. Something's happening uh, where I haven't got the advantage. So the pad holder will may push your limb or, mm-hmm. or move your limb around or offer a little bit of resistance. So you then, your brain then has to work. Oh, I need to move. So instead of fighting against it, which, you know, a lot of karate guys, we do, we want to power through. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I will make this work. I will yeah. make this work. Yeah, right. Okay, I need to actually yield to this pressure mm-hmm. and find another route. So that was my thinking, and I managed to come up with some not, some pretty uh, coherent uh, pad drills for each each am. So they're not long. They're not complicated. They don't require finite movement. They you, you just go in. You actually start with a preemptive shot. And that can be anything. So you have your little self-protection side and then you go into the, the, the drill where it doesn't go your way and then you move to another angle. So what I wanted to do was enforce the principle of angles in kata. Mm-hmm. Again, so like I say, most most focus mitt drills are linear. You just face your partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But with these, you actually need to move mm-hmm. uh, around that person to, to, to maintain your advantage. Uh, and they've gone down really well, actually. The students enjoy them, and, and they're out there for people to download and, and take a look. And there's been some nice response from people who are using them. Cool. I've seen a few for which Ian, Ian posted, and it looks very, very interesting. I'm kind of more used to it to the sports side, so like you're saying, more boxing and kickboxing. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, still do all those. They still have their place, but it's yeah, just a specific role for the kata training. I, I've done kind of a similar, but with our uh, more modern kata, uh, and, and interesting because I, I'm constantly tweaking my um, syllabus. How did you fit that within your syllabus? Do you have it with every? Is it requirement for every kata you do that you've got some students have to do the pad work? Um, not the pad work because they're relatively they're relatively well not relatively new. This well, they've been two years almost three years probably in the making and and the, and the devising and the working out to make sure it, it it's a good drill and it has benefits to their training um so i haven't really put them in there as a requirement the cat is still there as obviously in the bunker with your partner is still there the pad work is almost a bonus not really of a testing requirement oh. i do have a i do have a couple of uh basic focus mitt drills coming up through the syllabus are you, are that you... people have to do are you using them as well with your um, normal personal trainer training clients, or are you strictly now doing just karate? My question is: Oh, I those prefer- are just the karate I, ones. I, yeah, yeah. 
I will rephrase the question. I hear you teaching karate when you're doing your personal training clients. Because I'm trying to. Um, um, yes, yeah, some some of them are transferable skills. Yeah, you take part of what you think will benefit benefit that client. Definitely. But um, I wouldn't I wouldn't package it as oh this is a kata move or this is a you know um, um, a specific drill. How how many katas you having in your in your system? Have you reduced the amount? Or are you keeping all the Shikokai katas? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yes, as you know, um, the Shitoryu list is about forty odd long. So uh, Kenro Mabuni was obviously uh, a very a very huge prolific kata collector, mm -hmm. and he was he he was um, very much um, appear to a lot of. Um, the founders of the other stars that they would say that if you need to know kata go and see Kemamabuni because he had a lot of knowledge um and now i stripped i stripped a lot of it a lot of it out really um because of that it was one of uh, mabuni's um statements is um what was it uh, i've got it written now i can never remember quotes I can't remember. <laughs> I so, so admire Ian for doing that. He just pulled. Oh yeah, he, he, he stood out of the air. Oh, he's great for that. Yeah, yeah uh, Brett's no matter. Yeah, Brett's no matter how great means little without depth. So um, if coming from somebody who had <laughs> loads of catters in his arsenal, yeah, Brett's without uh, depth really. So I stripped quite, I stripped quite a few out. So um, is the I, I know you've got the uh, book about kata uh the ankako which i'm not familiar with is that your favorite kata or is, why, why did you chosen this one? Oh, an anku yeah anku, yeah uh, sorry <laughs> yeah an anku i really enjoyed an anku as a as a student and i as a, a junior competitor because uh, yeah it's not in everybody's lineage so it's not one that transfers across to other styles and it, it was the time it was uh, quite interesting different from the Heians and different from um, a few of the other katas. There's a couple of moves in it that look are quite unique. And um, there's not much history written about it. It's hard to find out where it came from. There's only a small couple of paragraphs written. Um, so that's what interested. I was quite successful with it as a junior competitor, so that probably aided my enjoyment of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and because of there was not much written about it, and I really do like what's inside the kata. I decided to pull it together and, and then create a little book about it. Mm. And um, which of the katas uh, do you prefer to teach? I, I'm, sp I'm guessing that you are influenced by Ian and you, because you instruct us under his method, uh, the, a lot of focus will be on the pinans, isn't it? Or am I wrong? Yes, um, yeah, well, the Heians, the pinans, yeah. Definitely, they're the, the, the base five. But um, we, I spent a lot of time working on them because they've got a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. um, but with them, um, Satori and Sugarkai, there's, there's um, a Shurite influence and Nahate influence in it. So I like the, obviously, the Kasork and Dai, and then like the uh, Seipai as well. So they've got this, the, the um, Shurite uh, influence and the Nahate, Nahate influence. So, so I like the, the mixture of both. Okay, so so I'm not not very familiar with Shukokai because, funny enough, in Poland um, there's not many of Shukokai guys. It's dominated Kyokushin and uh, 
Shotokan and some Gosoku. Mm. Um, but uh, Shukogai is as well a mixture of both the kind of Shotokan or all, all, all the katas in together, so you can pick and choose yeah. whatever lineage you want. Because that's kind of what yeah. happened in the Kyokushin, so kind of my lineage that uh, there are Gojuryu and uh, Shotokan kata mixed together mm. and just all modified that nobody knows what's going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is yes, I like those both influences. Yeah. Is that in in Shukokai as well that they um instead of keeping them uh traditionally not changed, they are mixed and influenced so they are a different flavor, let's say, um to the original. Yeah, there's this the yeah, there's slight associational changes. Mm -hmm. So within within Shukokai you could go to different uh groups and they would have a slight take slight different take on the same list of kata mm. so i think that i think that just i think that's just natural wherever you go really so there's not much standardization really even even within the same group so they they, they tweak things here and there so um what's your what's your uh, as we're talking about uh, kata being modified what's your what's your stand on the modification on kata are we allowed to modify it or should we keep it as it were well, it's probably not as it was anyway. <laughs> I don't think there's any proof that the kata is what it was. <laughs> there's not much. There's only a few that you've got some yeah. uh, evidence to with some of the uh, early books. But uh, we, we can't really tell for sure what moves we're doing were actually the moves, as I put my quote marks up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, uh, you can only go with what's been handed down to you, really. Mm. I'm I'm always interested in people's um, methodology um, of teaching. Are you um, bring? Are you sticking to the kind of traditional karate method of teaching people, or are you looking outside? Well, I'm kind of I'll answer myself in my head. You're taking from Kali as well. Um, but are you looking as well outside the the your qualification as a personal trainer? Did that impacted the way you teach, or is it kind of yes. separate? Because I've got some people who say no, karate is karate. My personal training is something else. The aikido I do is something else, and whatever. Try to not mix everything. My opinion is I'm mixing everything, so I'm bringing whatever I find like in it and makes sense. I use it in my karate. Well, that, that's it. That's it. You 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 grow as a human. Uh, I teach slightly. I started in teaching in two thousand five, two thousand seven. I probably don't teach the same as I did then, mm -hmm. because you you grow as a human. You learn, you develop, and then you pass it on. I understand the labels. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm um, teaching a personal training client to a karate client. Of course, there's differences. But some, some of the mythology of you teaching is the same. Some of the principles of how to teach and how to pass over information to both of those individuals are going to cross over. So you, you, sh you should gather information and techniques and um, knowledge of how to get that message across to that person. So your influence should be wherever you can get it from. So I went the personal training route because teaching exercise is teaching exercise. Part of a karate class is exercise. So some of those principles and ideas are going to transfer over. Um, 
ultimately the goal of the personal training client and the karate client is different. But like I said, the, the mythology of teaching that there's going to be crossover. So yeah, definitely get knowledge and, and uh, experience and ideas from the whole spectrum of teaching. What do you think about the uh, Makiwara training? Is it still relevant or um, parts are much better, backs are much better? It all, depends on your, it all depends on your goal or your approach to your training. Impact training, whatever it is, is going to have a benefit at some level. Mm-hmm. So hitting, some, hitting something is going to have a benefit. It depends where you want to take that and how you want to develop it. So, yeah, if, you, if, you, if, you're, thinking, if you're thinking of being a little bit more uh, productive in what you're hitting, a bit more live and, and movable, then there's nothing better than a focus mate because it's moving and you're working with somebody and you're, you're working out the timing with somebody. If you're just hitting something for reps or posture or uh, alignment, then fine, it does, it does, the Makiwara will do that job as well. Mm-hmm. So it's horses for courses, really. Um, with the current um, situation, most of us have moved into the realms of um, training online. I, I noticed that you've got a um, few courses online on uh, Thinkific. I don't know if I say it properly, but complicated words. Oh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, Think, what, yeah, Thinkific. What, what, yeah. Was it a, a difficult to conversion? I keep thinking about it, but I, I just I can't bring myself to do it to record all the stuff, edit stuff. Um, I, I just can't. Yes, bring it is. It to is. It. it is definitely a hard job. Like I said, um, I created those five um, Heian, Pinan Padrels, and if, like I said, it took me two years. Um, I filmed them, and then they went out as a DVD. Which is now probably gone the same way as the VHS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one really puts a DVD in anymore and have a look. So I then um, I refilmed them again about eighteen months ago and mm-hmm. had progressions with them uh, to take them to another level and add another um, part of the training. So I refilmed them and with my son, who's uh, currently at university studying digital media and. He likes film work and camera oh, work. You've got, you've got somebody who can help you. Then. Well, yeah, but it is still such a lot of it is a huge amount of work to put something together. Suppose it is really, it is really difficult. I've done bits here and there, and then as my sons have grown up, they sort of helped here and there. But obviously, they've got their own paths, mm. and they're busy. But it is difficult to put something together to put out there on online. I don't think it's as easy as people say. Oh, just put your phone on and put the camera on, press record, and where you go. Because <laughs> they think it's that easy to put something up online now, but um, I'm with you. It's a little bit I, I, uh, I, love. I, it's a bit of love and hate with me at the moment. I think that people are. Some of the people are just naturally born to be in front of a camera. Yeah, there is that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not the one. I always no. forget what I wanted to say. It, it's strange, though, isn't it? Because you can teach all day long to your students without faltering. Yeah. Same with me. You're, it's, it must be comfort zone, and I can teach to a group, whatever. Suddenly doing it in front of a camera that you were putting out there, it just goes to pot. That's, that's <laughs> why I'm sticking to books because I don't know. Yeah. It's different. The book, book, when I look on the book, I don't have the same 
final uh, kind of fear. Yeah, I like the book. Lens. Um, yeah, I like, I like the book. Yeah, there is definitely some fear. It's strange. It's a strange process. I'm still coming to terms with it. I, I fight with it. Shall I put more out? Shall I? I'm, I'm, you know, especially, well, I haven't really got a dojo to go and do it at. Because some yeah. people have still got their, uh, their own dojo that they can pop in and film and put stuff out. I haven't got that. Yeah, that's I, I, I teach at satellite clubs, see, so I don't, I can't. I haven't got my own place. Same for me. I've got a little bit of a, a extension we built for children to run about, so I can record here. But whenever I look on it, on the, you know, I record some. I recorded uh, the tenth queue, uh, you know, requirements, and I put them on the on the screen. And I think, oh, you can see the computer there. You can see a bit of a mess there. Oh, that's not yeah, good. yeah, that's not good. And just thinking, yeah, I don't want to be putting something which doesn't look professional. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I suppose with the current environment, I'm never gonna be. No, we're not. No, no. There's a lot of prolific guys out there that are really, I'm really impressed the way they just keep doing yeah. it. Like Andy Allen and uh, Mal Jones and um, Chris Hansen and uh, they just it's coming and it's coming. It's like awesome. I don't know how you guys crack on and do it, but like I said, I haven't got a gym. <laughs> Mine's outside. <laughs> I, I, I blame everything on my children. I just don't have time. You know, when they go I wish to, I could do that. Yeah, or they go to sleep. It's you know nine o'clock in the evening then i have to do my work yeah then it's midnight and i can't be bothered to record anything <laughs> and chris just keeps pushing me oh you, you need to do more of this you need to better your um screenshots and you need to better uh yeah popping out things i don't know how to do that no <laughs> i keep chasing i keep chasing my son to do that <laughs> he's busy <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you you're in wales are you training a lot with um, um kudomal he's kind of appeared from nowhere, at least from me, with his kudo. I like yeah. kudo personally. Yeah. But uh, he seems to be on the, on the mission of uh, converting everybody to kudo. <laughs> converting, yeah. Um, uh, I'm a couple hours north of where Mal is based. He's based in Barry, near Cardiff. Uh, but yeah, I've been... Um, as much as I can whenever he's put events on or, or training sessions and stuff. I've been going down there and, um, yeah, uh, well, it's got to be possibly five, five or six years probably since I met Mal. Or, well, he, he stalked me really. Yeah, he stalked me. And then we had a chat and that was it. We, we that was it. We just mm. nodding. Not, oh, while we were talking, our heads were just nodding. Yes, yes, yes. So, so we just, we just developed from there. It's a great, it's a great avenue for people if, if they want it. So um, I had a group of guys that, I, like I said, I came from the competitive side of karate, the WKF rules, the point scoring. Didn't leave it behind. We were still doing a little bit. I wasn't, in, it wasn't massively part of what we were doing. Um, but then I, I developed a group of. Um, Teenage lads, as <laughs> they were coming up, obviously wanted to test because they're teenage lads. So I thought, well, we're not going to go down the, the point scoring um, because that's not what I think is going to be valuable for you. Uh, the best, the next best thing to test you and your ability would would be uh, what my offers with, with the kudo. I, I think so. I think if he's going to do that um, open, so the the let's say branch of the kudo will not step in and, and say only for kudo members. I think that's going to be a great platform to test 
for people around, especially yeah. on the practical side. Yeah, I don't, I don't for it's not, it's not for everybody because it is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's competitive. It's competitive, as any competitive avenue is. Um, but it, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot there that you need to get your head around and your ability around before you want to step on the mat and test it. I like the platform. I, I like uh, what it offers. Um, because even though you can grapple and you can take down and you can go to the floor, you're not allowed to be on the floor that long, which is ideal, which is uh, it's an ideal skill to have. To, I think it's like 30 seconds. Yeah, you're allowed on their floor, which is it's an ideal skill, you know, which is, that's a good transferable skill. If you're looking at the, the self, the self protection side. Um, but he's always, he's always clear and concise. Mal is he gives you everything you need to develop your um, students if they want to take this avenue uh, he's never blase about it it's, it's never blurred it's matter of fact this is what we do this is how we do it and my my the boys that i um got involved with doing it knew what was expected of them from start to finish so it, it was a it was, it's a great platform mm. it, it's I, uh, it's a good one i found that um, we took part on uh, in the pact, so the practical application. Oh, uh, yeah, from, from yeah. From That's another one I've missed to go <laughs> with, yeah, with it Doug. Was, yeah. It was really, really good. And what, what um, made on me a huge impression is Doug and his instructors. A, they're super yeah. friendly guys. And a B, I never been on a tournament um, who was that honestly judged. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Doug. I, I, I can't wait to go on another one of those. Doug, Doug Connell is a is a great guy. Uh, I trained with him a couple of times on Ian's residentials. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things that just keep clashing, and then there's going to be so much to attend after we allow that. Yeah. <laughs> there was so I, much to. You know, even at the moment, I just like I said because I've got children. It's so many things happening now, easily accessible via internet. But yeah. just not enough time in the day to mm. attend everything. There is so much there. There is so much available that we've been forced to go online to find. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it keeps, you, us, keeps you, us busy. Do you think that it's going to stay? It's going to be a thing now, permanent thing, when we go back to normal training, that some activity is going to happen? I think online? so. I, I think it will. I think there will be parts where, the, where clubs um, will offer mm. some sort of avenue online. It won't be as big and as often but i think there will be bits um for example uh the bad a bad weather maybe you get yeah. snowed you get snowed in well quick get on the zoom but they put a session up and away you go yeah or yeah go on yeah or it'll be a lot of them you can record what you're doing anyway so there's a library of info that you can set up for beginners to take a look at and work work, work their way through so i think there's going to be something Mm. As part of your training, it's going to be there. I've got few few of my um, guys from the fitness side, so not not the karate, but the karate fitness side, um, expressed that uh, they will be happy to keep Saturday morning on online. Mm. Um, I prefer well, if, if, you, if you've noticed, it's on telly. Um, the adverts for the what is it? I better not advertise it. A certain brand of bicycle. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got it all in front of you. It's online, live training sessions. You're on the bike, and there's you notice there's a few more of those type of things popping up now. Mm, yeah, all from the comfort of your own home. Uh, but, yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. I hope we're gonna go back to normal training. I prefer normal training. 
I'm sure we will. You can't learn pain from a laptop. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> very true. Um, what is the future holding for you um, as an author, as a teacher, and a club development? Well, get back to the club on the short term. <laughs> In the short term, get back to the club. Um, just get, you know, it's hopefully um, most of them will come back. Mm. <laughs> I've lost, lost um, not lost, but not that many have followed on online, really. Um, but when we had that little gap where we went back, some of the clubs in Wales reopened and we opened England opened a bit as well. Yeah. They all, they all, the ones that didn't join me online for that really long first lockdown, they, they actually came, they all came back training. So again, hopefully we can get that going again and get them back into the club for uh, face-to-face, face-to-face training. Uh, as club development, I'm happy with the clubs that I have. Just keep them uh, growing and developing. Personal development is just keep training, keep training, keep learning. <laughs> yeah, keep training, keep learning, and then pass, planning, it, pass it you, on. Are you planning to write more books? I see you've got... Uh, um, well, yeah, I've got two, yes. Both of those developed from not having any reference material for students, really. So that, that's why they developed and they actually um, have come across well to others. One on the Hayans and the Ananku one that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Possibly, possibly a book. Um, like you said, I've got a platform where on Thinkific, which is where I've uploaded all the Hayan drills and a few basic pad drills that people can uh, go online and purchase. So possibly, like you say, get in front of the camera again <laughs> at some point and put a few more of my thoughts up on that type of training um just uh, just being uh, it's taught me this period has taught me a lot about being grateful really mm. more than anything else being grateful um i've luckily enough uh, not caught it or know anyone that has my family's healthy uh, my son's healthy uh so you there's nothing more you can uh, want really yeah yeah that's that's very true um can you tell us where to find uh connections with you so facebook's instagrams whatever you're running yeah facebook and instagram um website uh the thinkific platform all comes under the name lee taylor karate okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put the link links below in the in the description so you can guys find it um without yeah I've also, I've also got a podcast as well called the 10 minute dojo um you can find that on all of your favorite platforms again that's another thing i need to get on and yeah, do a couple more I, I just i just remember that i forgot that you got the podcast because i've been listening to it and then oh good thank you very much it, it, it suddenly i kind of lost the track of it maybe because yeah, so much I'm, other I, stuff coming through there is I can't believe that's over two and a half years old now because that was another thing. Like you said about camera work and being in front of the camera, I can converse with my students and, and chat, but actually talk about a subject by myself, knowing that other people are listening was the bit I thought, well, I'm going to challenge myself and see where this goes because I, <laughs> I don't talk 
that much. <laughs> yeah, I can I can answer questions. I, I don't really initiate conversation. I've always gone by the motto: the less you speak, the more valuable your words. That's always resonated with me. <laughs> so I thought a challenge of a podcast will uh, will uh, I, I, see, I, see where it goes. I've got exactly the same. It took me well. I'm doing this from well from last March, so nearly a year. And it yeah. took me a good eight months to to get used to it. You've had some great episodes, though. You've had some great episodes out there. Thank you. Uh, at the moment, I'm just starting to try to put my thoughts into it more because mm. I'm really afraid of that. I, it, it's it's much easier to conversate with people when I just yes. throw a question, then I sit yes. quiet and people <laughs> people talk. Well, that's why I didn't really want to go down the interview route myself. I wanted to see if I could get my thoughts out verbally. Mm. and get my point across that way so uh that's well and i didn't want it that long hence the name 10 minute dojo mm. sort of comes in at that time um but yeah it's been an interesting journey that has yeah it, <laughs> it is it is um i never never thought i'm gonna have a podcast but thank no, you uh, no. courtesy of um skype and interview with uh, andy allen i managed to cut the screen in half so it was oh. only a half of andy and half of me I don't know how that happened. I had twice with the twice with the uh, Skype like that, and then somebody suggested, "Why don't you put it as a podcast?" So yeah. here we are. <laughs> there we go. But it's what, a, time goes by, doesn't it? And twelve months yeah. later, here you are. You... But uh, but I think it done me a, a lot of benefit. I feel more comfortable talking to people. Which, yeah. You know, small small talk. It's not my thing. I just. No, <laughs> definitely not my thing. It, you know? No, no, I'm the same. I think we're we're, we're very. Very similar there, me and you, Les. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not into small talk. <laughs> yeah, but as well, I hate my voice. Actually, now I start liking it, especially that, you know, I True. That's another, another thing that takes a while to get used to, isn't it? Yeah. So Hear, I, hearing I yourself. I mumble a lot. I do a lot of uh, 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 which drives me nuts yeah. when I'm hearing it. But It's a whole, it's a whole, different, whole different skill set, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But, you know, feedback from people was that my voice is voice calming to people and they like to listen to it so yes uh, and it's a challenge yeah like like you said you know a good challenge something do something uh, completely out of a comfort zone and see what well, that's it that's what we have to do that's what we do as martial artists isn't it? we we, uh, we enjoy where we are training and then now and again we need to be pushed a little bit yeah step outside that zone and find a few new skills or uh, just, new ways it, of training it's just doing all those this stuff takes time and there's just oh, uh, not enough yes. time for it you know i i i'm really amazed how people doing all sort of things you know i know even in, even in lockdown we don't have enough time <laughs> yeah well i have actually less, less time because we decided to not send children to to nursery yeah they had a few a few um cases around us like you know south of england is the mostly impacted so we decided that, you know, my wife's working from home uh, full mm. time. I can take care of children. But then it's just not, not enough time for me to write and do stuff because I mm. had that, that couple of days when they've been in nursery where I could focus yeah. on doing my work. And now it's just uh, I'm spending time with children, having fun. But, That's know. it. Full, full, respect, full respect, my friend, and to every people who've got young children. Mine are grown up now, so I don't know how I'd be coping at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Homeschool kids. I'm in huge uh, uh, impressed impressed with parents at the moment and their young yeah. children. Well, it's it's not it's not too bad, but you know they 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 kind of 
suffering every time we're going by the nurseries. Like, oh, I mm. want to go back to my friends and stuff. So, so this Thursday, they're going and they can crack on with the, with the writing, hopefully. Awesome. <la> yeah. Okay, Lee, it, it was a pleasure talking to you. I'm glad that we met. Eventually. Yes, we'll enjoy it. I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to meet in person when all this... Oh, yes, I hope so. ...going <laughs> to pass, and, and then um, we can test your um, pad, work, pad work. Oh, yeah, <laughs> pleasure. Love to. Um, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks, Les. Thank you very much.